You're listening to the Saturday Morning D&D Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan with a silent PH in the middle, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Uh, hello, Yay. sir. Hello. Are Last you... day of the year. Should yeah. this last night or tonight. <laughs> it is. It's if you're in the future, yeah. like Danimal, it's already Danimal. 2023. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, he was He's in. A uh, yes, a quick start today. Thank you, Zis. Uh, Zis. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, he was posted a bunch of New Year's stuff last night. So that's awesome. Um, so he lives in the future. That's really cool. Um, we do not live in the future. Uh, we're set in our ways in the past, and so we will be celebrating tonight. Um, I went to uh, a musical last night, which was fun to get out of the house and go mm-hmm. see something pre-New Year's Eve. And then uh, we have a party to go to tonight, which will be a lot of fun to see friends and just ring in the New Year. Uh, and then and then I will be playing uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics on Sunday. So all in all, I think it's a great way to bring in the New Year. <laughs> I'm quite excited. <laughs> All the best ways to do it. Yeah, I think we're just having a couple people over. Nothing too crazy, but it's time. It's there. 2023, we'll be typing that into our, you know. Writing it on our checks, you know. Who (laughs) writes checks these days? I don't know. Yeah, who does? All them big checks you're getting, probably, you know, know. Jordan. (laughs) And I'm like, could you make this out to, yeah, it doesn't actually have a pH in it. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a stick. Um, so... I don't know. We kind of have a lot of stuff to talk about, uh, but we could talk about all of it or none of it. Um, And I kind of thought maybe we'd talk about the year in review. And so you guys can't see this, but in our notes, I went through earlier and I kind of wrote down all of the books that came out um, that Wizards of the Coast released and then some of the more notable third party things that got released. Mm -hmm. And maybe we could just talk about like, what was your favorite kind of a thing? Uh, But first... The the big news, I guess, is there's going to be a brand new open game license coming out for 1D&D. And uh, yeah. a lot of people are worried and upset. Um, I don't know if, Lucian, if you are in those same circles, but I hear hearing a lot of stuff <laughs> from a lot of I've people. I've been seeing a lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, well, let's say a lot of creators... Yes. And those who like to create Dungeons and Dragons official 5.0 Well, to be able to say that it is products. it is compatible. Like and I think that's yeah. what the OGL allows us to do is to be like, "Hey, I made this for this specific Five system." Thing. Um and uh that is uh is going to go away. So I put some well, links in the description, but long story short, um, we've been talking about how the new it. CEO feels that D&D is under monetized. And I think this is one yeah. of the reasons, one of the ways they wanted to be more monetized. And uh, to be clear, I am totally for the little guy. And so the fact that like big Hasbro made almost a billion dollars off <laughs> of D&D and the third party publishing market is 1% of that. Uh, yeah. But they're still like, well, we better get money from them. Is a little greedy, and I think that for the better of for the for the betterment of the game and the business and all this other stuff. But so I've been doing a lot of research on this. Uh, we won't know for sure until the new OGL comes out. Um, but it's going to be called one point one. The old one is one point zero or one point zero A. And A. 
This one, uh, the 1.1, is pretty restrictive from what they're saying. Uh, You're going to have to... It only covers printed and digital uh, written media, so like PDFs. So before, you could use the OGL to make things like video games, which is how we saw Celesta and other things like that. Or you could use it for a lot of different things. It was kind of this like open-ended thing too open for wizards i believe they didn't they they regretted it um and we know they regretted it because for fourth edition they didn't release fourth edition under the ogl they released it with the game system license which was highly restrictive and had the the main caveat in that is that they could update the license anytime for any reason or no reason at all and uh, this new license is going to have a similar uh, wording. And so a lot of third-party publishers never jumped onto it, onto the game system license for fourth edition, because they were worried that if their content got too popular, Wizards would yank it out from underneath them, uh, which is a valid concern. Mm-hmm. Because what do we see now? We see Wizards not trying to make a better product, but rather to stifle other creators so that their product is on top. And uh, I think that's really sad. Uh, it we had a we were talking a lot about it on Thursday, and uh, me and Lex and Ted and poor Rachel who was in our great Modron March game, the three the three guys we were just like oh this is so awful and then Rachel's like what's going on and I felt so bad because I'm like oh you're not you're not clued into the the drama we'll tell you a little <laughs> bit. So I I don't know what this means for um, original. 5e because a lot of this is just it says d they 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 say d and d um they don't specifically say like one d and d they just kind of say like d and d's content and stuff uh but i assume you'll be able to print under the old one but a lot of people are saying maybe not i don't know what are your thoughts sir what what does this mean for third party are we going to have another pathfinder shift i mean and is that a bad thing Right, we got Pathfinder because what happened with Fourth Edition, right? Something happens Correct. where the community doesn't like something that Dungeons and Dra- uh, Wizards of the Coast does, Hasbro Wizards of the Coast does, and out of Fourth Edition and people not adopting it and it not going the way that people wanted it, we get Pathfinder, and we have the OGL, so it allows them to go through and build that game. But now, Pathfinder Two is not built off OGL. Pathfinder Two is its own game, right? So that's a whole company that's. <laughs> running pathfinder 2 so we could have is there a pathfinder 2 ogl that everybody could shift to? is there a monty cook ogl that people could shift to you know a lot of these companies that are do they offer that option and then do creators just use that option and that's uh you're right um so i it's weird though because even though Dungeon Crawl Classics and Pathfinder 2 are their own systems. They still have the OGL in the back. So it's kind of interesting. Um, Does Pathfinder 2 still have it? Or I, I thought think they so. built it different. Well, maybe they built it differently enough. I'm not sure. Maybe they didn't put oh, it I'll in. I'll have to look that up. Anyway. But I know that it's in Dungeon Crawl Classics. And I was like, oh, that's kind of spooky if it gets... If the original gets nullified, which everybody is saying that it can't, but I know that Wizards wants to get rid of the original, so it's kind of interesting, and it's a weird world. But here, yeah. I was talking about it with, with some friends, and I was talking about it with my wife. If <laughs> you're, you're taking a money hit either way, because either I yeah. sign this contract 
and I make content for one D&D, but I have to pay wizards for the contract and I have to do all this stuff. And there's like a lot of weird legal stuff with wizards or I make stuff for a third part for another system that is less popular and I make less money. So it feels like either way you're making less money. And I just think that's sad because the act of making this allowed creators to be like, well, I'm going to just make less money next year. Like that's what it's coming down to. <laughs> yeah. And and I always try to compare it still to, to like a music or movie or other creative endeavor where if you said, Hey, look how popular Avengers is. And I want to get it on, on some of that money. So I'm going to create some content based off Avengers. Nobody looks at you and thinks, yeah, right. Like Disney's not going to come down on you like a ton of exactly. Bricks. Yeah. But the moment Hasbro does something like that, all of a sudden it's, you know, the greatest evil in the, in the, in the countryside. And it's not really from most of the community. I think it's just from those that create content or those that are going to, or have ran really big Kickstarters <laughs> and are looking yeah. at this, like, like, cause you haven't, I mean, the only OGL thing you did is put on your adventure and anything else. Did you do more than one? You did more than one thing, right? So I, I made an adventure, but that's through the DMs guild. So I don't own that. So you had to give it to them anyway. Yeah. So I don't, well, I, I didn't have to, but I did. Uh, cause it was an experiment. Uh, right. The Pathfinder two does use the OGL is what I'm being told. Interesting. Interesting. So for you, it doesn't like, there's no difference for what you've done in all of your content creating for five E unless they somehow decide they're going to come down on YouTube channels now that are talking and about that's a scare. I mean, there's, they good. Yeah. There's a couple of people <laughs> because could. I operate as a YouTube channel through a fan content policy, but they could also update that. So it's kind of weird because yeah. if they look at this and they're just like, we think Jordan's making too much money off of YouTube. And honestly, it's probably not me. It's someone like, uh, Matt Colville or the Dungeon Dudes the, yeah, who have channels, had those yeah. million dollar Kickstarters plus their thing. And I think Critical Role is in the pockets of Hasbro now. Um, I think they have made behind the scenes negotiations to uh, be okay with this transition. Uh, well, they but, could probably buy a license, yeah. right? Because there's wording in well, there that's that the says other thing, if yeah. you have a licensing thing and that yeah. Hasbro could always make that really good or really high or really terrible depending on who they're working with. So some people, maybe they like them and they get a licensing deal that's fantastic, maybe the Critical Role group. Exactly. But then somebody else that's like a toy manufacturer named Comey from Japan, they're going to do their normal, here's our licensing agreement, here's the amount. They don't have the lawyers to fight they Hasbro. Don't have to, yeah. <laughs> Whereas Critical Role yeah. probably does and they know if they hurt Hasbro knows if they hurt critical role as a brand, that they're going to hurt D and D as a brand. So they don't want to do that. Um, yeah. But it's just sad. Cause it's, it's all, it always comes down to the little guy. The little guy can't fight very well. And I just feel like, yes, I, I, as a, as a creator, like I want to make monsters for role-playing games. I can go make a monster book for dungeon crawl classics or for the cipher system or for the year zero engine. Um, and I can hire amazing artists, but if we look back at all of the very successful Kickstarters, they weren't very successful unless they had that 5e compatible sticker on them. And that's mm -hmm. what made them go from $30,000 Kickstarters to like $500,000 Kickstarters right. or more. Right. And, uh, and, and the mercenary yeah. take on so. that is somebody wants to make more money off of that brand. Yeah. What do you? What should you pay for that? What should you have to give up for being yeah. able to make the more money? So, 
and I don't know because uh, you're right. I, right. I had a wrong? I had a I had a fun analogy that I put together for. Uh, I wrote a script <laughs> that I never released. Yeah, I don't know what's right or wrong. <laughs> Playing uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I I wrote a script that I never released, but it was the idea of I equated this to the Wizarding World because uh, hat like. We have the Wizarding World. They're trying to make it a whole movie thing, you know, uh, based on yeah. the books. J.K. Rowling. So mm-hmm. let's think about it as a company. Warner Brothers owns the Wizarding World. And what if they were like, you know what? We want to make the Wizarding World like a really big, cool, open thing. We're going to release the Wizarding Open or the Open Wizarding License, the, the owl. <laughs> and yeah. I can make a movie or a TV show or a novel or a short thing whatever based in the wizarding world i just can't use harry potter and it can't be at hogwarts and it can't do like there's certain restrictions well there's a list of things you can use but then there's stuff left off of that that's correct so if we if they created something like that it would be like oh and but can you imagine the amount of creativity like how many people write fan fiction already for harry potter without (laughs) getting anything they just love it and I, I was thinking about that, and I'm like, but if you could make money off of your passion for that, that would be really cool. Well, here's the problem is that what if some of those shows are more popular than your core Wizarding World movies? And it's like, oh, I don't like that. I want to stop that. And that's kind of what's happening is some of these third-party um, D&D books have better quality, better stories, better monsters than actual first party Wizards of the Coast D&D. And I think they see that and they're like, ooh. But rather than trying to build a better product, they're going a different route of we want to control a bunch of this stuff. And I don't know how, I don't like that. I think that's kind of sad because I'm like, you should just be like, you should just want to make a better product, Wizards. Like hire a better, hire more people on your team, do more playtesting. I don't know. Or like see what MCDM is doing and be like, can we help you? You know, they did it with Petty Arcade. They were like, because Penny Arcade was going to make Acquisitions Incorporated a Kickstarter. And then Wizards stepped in and said like, well, we'll produce it, you know? So yeah. there's just little things like that, but. Well, and there's differences, I think, between Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro in some ways where I think the relationship with Ack Inc., Jerry Holkins and them was with Wizards more than it was with Hasbro. So they, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, they, they partnered with him and they had the right to partner with whoever they want to write the book versus Hasbro coming in and saying, hey, let's get a lock on the licensing IP of this whole thing. And to me, I always think, too, I, I know I, I must be the on the minority of this whole thing because I think if I started creating stuff that was all about Jordan and I was all I did was rewatch your videos and it was me reacting to your videos. And all of a sudden I've got a million views off of Jordan's forgotten realms channel. Your channel's doing its thing. You, you love doing your thing. You're not doing anything different. Nothing's changed for you, but I do a million dollar channel. You're looking at my YouTube subscribers at a million and I'm making big bank. Where's your feeling on that? Is it, Hey, great. Cause Lucian's a creator and he's, he's put on his boots and he's, picked up his straps and he's doing great or is it hey wait a minute he's just watching my content he's just and then just talking about it or reacting or answering stuff or saying oh yeah i remember that part when i read it in this book like where's your feeling on that because to me when you're using somebody else's ip to create your product that you're going to then sell to the public wouldn't that be very similar uh it would except 
I, I don't get the right to be angry if I put all of my content under Creative Commons. But it and is YouTube. Well, but that's what Wizards did, is the OGL said, you can do this and make money off of it. And they're trying to take that back, I think. And so that's my so point. Like, I, I would be upset. I would be upset. Because I'm like, oh my gosh, he's just literally rehashing my stuff and doing that. But if I said, guys, this is Creative Commons, I don't think I have a leg to stand on, you know? And that's what yeah. they did, is they were like, they regret making that decision, but I don't know. So so I was missing your point. So your point is, is that we could do it, but that's being taken away. And yeah. that's where your frustration, let's say your personal frustration comes yeah. from, yeah. versus that had that never been there in the pl- first place that you couldn't do it, it, that they didn't make this available to you and they were yeah. always. Yeah, if Wizards had never like released. Like everybody else, because nobody else has an OGL out there. Uh, um, does Goodman Games have an OGL? Or, no, they're all um, using OGL. but Monty Cook Games made their own version. Yeah. Other other companies like Free League, they use the Wizards of the Coast OGL to... So maybe I should give a history lesson on the OGL. So <laughs> they make this license called the Open Game License. And then part of that license is me as a company can donate things and call it Open Game Content. And that's what the SRD is. So me at Wizards, I make a third edition system reference document and I donate that as open game content. And now that I've done that, I can't take it back. It's open game content. Anybody can look at that and use parts of that, reference that, but they have to put this license in the back of their book. So then for fourth edition, they didn't do that because people were making games and they didn't like it. And then for fifth edition, it was like, we actually made a lot of the community and the other publishers really sad we're going to release fifth edition. So they made a 5e system reference document and put it into, into this OGL as open game content. Now I can't take it back. It's there forever. Like whatever they did, it can't take it back. And that's per the contract that they created. So anything that's open game content. So you have a free league. They were like, Oh, that's really cool. They made an SRD and used that same license to put their, like, here's the system reference document for free league games and we'll put it as open game content. Now anybody can take it. And a lot of uh, other people have done stuff and they're like, yeah, let's just kind of throw it in. And it's, it's a little different than Creative Commons, but it's it's very similar, I think, where it's like you just have to acknowledge that you got this from somebody else kind of a thing. But uh, you can't you can't take it back. Uh, now, I did re- do a lot of research on this and Monty Cook Games, they made their own license. So when they release stuff, it's not open game content. You have to agree to that license, but you can still use parts of their game for free. But it's a different license that they're like, we don't want Wizards of the Coast to have their their claws in this at all, kind of a thing. Um, Which is where so I, really I would be upset. All like all creators would go yeah. to, yeah. So I would be upset if you're right. If like if somebody gave me something for free for the last 22 years, and now they're trying to take it back, that's where I would be upset because yeah. entire businesses have made a living off of this, and now people can't. You know, maybe not. Well, we'll and you keep saying that, though, there's money thresholds, right? So there are certain people that this doesn't affect at all, and no change really happens. Yeah. It's only if you were about to have a $5 million Kickstarter that you were affected. And your effect at that point right now is that you have to report your revenue to them, and then that's it? 
you have to report your revenue if it's over $50,000 and you have to pay a percentage if it's over $750,000. But Wizards of the so, Coast has the yeah. right to update that agreement without... 750 or, grand, yeah, I got To it. whatever. So it could be like, if they start seeing like, oh, actually there's a lot of $200,000 Kickstarters, next year we'll release a license that says, now you have to pay us if it's under $200,000 Kickstarter or something. So I don't know. And- Right. So then you just decide, do you want to work with that company or not? If they're constantly yeah. raising, cause you're kind of like forecasting the, the doom, right? So I right, am, so then you just I say am. whether I work with them or not. Um, but, uh, so then the, yeah. when your research, one, one other question, mm-hmm. I thought they also said that the change with the 750,000 affects 1% of creators that were out there. So that means 99% of creators would not be paying wizards of the coast, anything and still continue to do what they do. Correct. And did you find that in your research that that was not a bogus number? The 1% was like five or six people? Um, It's about 20 creators from what uh, my sources tell me. Okay. So about 20. Okay. So about 20 companies. Yeah. Company, creator companies. Yep. Because nobody's doing it probably off of their name. All of them. But you're you're not counting. uh, You're not counting Patreon money. Like it's not just Kickstarter money. It's complete. Oh, like, sure. Oh, no, yeah, 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 yeah. So they must know, though, somehow. I don't know how, where I was just wondering if somehow that had come up. I heard that, that Wizards was. is Wizards <laughs> lawyers are talking to Kickstarter lawyers to get the information before it goes to the actual people. So it's kind of, it, I don't know, it just feels real weird. Yeah, because you don't know. Your Kickstarter could be a $50,000 Kickstarter. Your Kickstarter could be a, a Well, and here's the thing is like, I, I know how much my Kickstarter made, but like, I don't, I don't know. Let's look, let's use Matt Koval for an example. I don't know how much money Matt Koval is making on Patreon, plus the Kickstarter, plus sales of his books. Uh, but it, it feels weird to me that I'm a business and I have to report my earnings to Hasbro, which somebody pointed out that it's like free market research for Hasbro. Cause they're like, Oh, people like this. We'll make a book that competes with that. You know? And, and I think Ted said it was free. It, they're only reporting the earnings of on the stuff you're making using the OGO, right? You're not reporting your earnings for your company. Well, we'll see. Um, I'm st- I am doom and gloom. Uh, <laughs> we can talk about other things, but like the, the the rumor is the new license will come out January fourth. Here's and what so I'm thinking: just if to, it does, just to spin it. we'll be able to read it, and then we'll have a very interesting show that Saturday. <laughs> I think here's the crazy thing: I think it's a bad thing that's going to generate a good thing because all these companies that have been creating five million dollars worth of content, two million dollars, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of content, are fantastic creators that people are willing to give them money to create content. And those people don't need to be tied to Dungeons and Dragons stuff. They can just do the same thing they're doing, be just as popular, I think, creating their own unique stuff from their own companies, using their own imagination, just like Monty Cook when he left, you know, Wizards of the Coast and went and built his own company, built a successful company based off of not doing what Dungeons and Dragons is, but has things that are adjacent like Numenera and some of those pieces. And then still, I think it's good. I think that, you know, it forces Pathfinder to be, you guys make your system. It forces if, you know, critical role, make your own system. We would not be any worse if they create a brand new role-playing system 
that's innovative and cool and different that we can choose from and use. Let's make, you know, um, cobalt press, make your own, make your own cool. You've got creative people that can create really cool stuff. I'm sure you can decide what dice system you want to use. And I'm sure you can come up with a million creatures that you don't even need the OGL for anymore because you're making monster books where you're not trying to use beholders and all that stuff that's in that anyways. You're just trying to say, here's monsters things. I guess you're trying to put the stat block in. Maybe the stat block is the. That's is part the of the SRD is like the formatting the of the stat block. But you can get around that if you're like, these are my things. And if you want to use it in another game, use it in another game. I think it pushes those creators to create their own and for themselves. Mm-hmm. And that makes them more like wizards and Hasbro create for them and themselves. Uh, Monty cook create for you and yourselves and your, in your community. Um, Goodman Games, create for yourself, you and your community. You know, Cobalt Press. Yeah. Um, and Monty Kaiser, Cook's a great example because you're absolutely right. He left and he made his own <clears> company. <throat> and they're one of the few companies I know that just have their in-house designers that design games and yeah. do stuff. But And maybe uh, yeah. because the OGL existed, we're in the current state we are now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was easier for us just to latch on to that game the audience of Dungeons and Dragons was there and I can make that. And so uh, I hope you're right. I hope that there's a shift of ideas and people play more games and different games um, because I think there's more to the world than Dungeons and Dragons, even though I love it, but like, I love Numenera and I love playing other games. And so uh, we'll see. We'll, I don't know. I'm, I'm really curious. Uh, But like I said, the rumor is the rumor is next week we'll we'll see a full license, and then I think the either the world will blow up or take a sigh of relief. We'll see. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I hope it's you know it's a change. I get. I mean, I don't like it either when the the music companies decided they wanted you to pay for every single time you listen to a song or something versus you buy a record and it's yours and you can't use parts of songs in another song or remix it into your own song version to do whatever, you know, I'm only using two seconds of this clip, you know, but you're really still using Michael Jackson singing on your song to make, you know, that kind of stuff. It's weird to me and it's a gray area and YouTube is that weird kind of gray area sometimes too, because even like Jordan don't get mad at me, Jordan. I, I'm, I'm not just saying even your channel where you're using artwork based off of artists that aren't necessarily tied to you or monetary value from your videos mm-hmm. could raise a stake, right? It, they could it be has, like, Hey, yeah. this dude is making money off of me because he's putting up pictures of stuff I do. And he, he didn't pay me any money for all the hard work I did on that. Right. And so there's this weird gray area of common, it's called fair use and it's, it fair is a gray use. Area. That's the word you're looking yeah. for. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody where, can where... decide fair use except a, a judge in a court. It's so weird. And so it has to be like a, a by person. So a lot of people just get by. Um, and yeah. specifically for my channel, I'm not trying to take advantage of artists. I operate no, under I the yeah, no. I operate under the fair use of Wizards of the Coast. So yeah. any Wizards of the Coast art I use is fair use to do X, Y, and Z. Uh, mm-hmm. Because Wizards owns that and they have given permission to do that. They could take that permission away and then I don't know what happens, but... Uh, yeah. yeah well, and weird. maybe your channel isn't because you're you're actually pretty diligent about what you use. I probably should have used yours as an example, but but I think there are plenty I didn't of other the lore. channels that are using art from all over the place. No, they are. They're not like, just using. Yeah. Like even though I I read something and wrote my own version of it, and I read it with my voice, 
uh, you're absolutely right. Like, I didn't come up with that. That's not a story Jordan wrote. It's not a public domain story. Is that okay for him to do that? To summarize stuff like that? But how many people uh, are like, hey, I watched this movie. I'm going to summarize it for you. And I'm going to give you my opinion. Um, there's yeah. a, it's a weird gray area. It's you're right. Weird, and fine, yeah. I think we're going to firmly know in the future if you can copyright game mechanics because some people are like, no, you can't. And other people are like, is that yeah, a dice mechanic? rolling system? And like, yeah. it's kind of like, I don't know. And I think we're going to find out. So, yeah. but boy, it's, I think that one gets shot down. I hope it gets shot down <laughs> or maybe we get new dice and maybe we get new rolling systems and maybe it, maybe it forces a you know, a bad thing forces a good thing. It forces the D6 system creative comes people back. will be creative. They right? will. That's the thing. You're yeah. not going to stop their creativity unless they were only in it for the money because if they're only in it for the money and then that dries up, then their creativity wasn't driving them. But if it was creativity that was driving them, they will find a way to yeah. create. And they, I think the people that it on the side of a building, if yeah, they have to. the people that make RPGs are passionate about RPGs. Yeah. They, yeah. Uh, Lex, so. Lex is the perfect example for me because he could have easily, his brain could have said, you know what? I could jump on this bandwagon and all the stuff I've been creating could be five E compatible and kickstarted and he could have jumped in early when he because he's been a prolific creator of content i bet he could have easily been a, a big time 5e but he didn't he wanted to go his own way he's doing his own thing he's building musical albums for the stuff he's putting yeah. out you know only using the ogl piece but really sticking with he doesn't the even use the ogl he's just like this is and, something or making I made. his own yeah. <laughs> or yeah he is so much and because that's the creative he is and I think that's what all these creatives really should be. And I and I think they are mm-hmm. when they when they dig deep down and say, oh, yeah, I'm creative. I can do Matt Colville is not going to sit back and say, oh, OK, we can't do 5e anymore and we're done. Close the doors. You know, they're going to come up with ways to do their thing. I'm sure Paizo isn't ready to say, well, all right, it was a good run. Close yeah, it up, no. you know, nobody's shutting down the one. doors. I just. Yeah. <laughs> And They're honestly, if uh, cool things. if Cobalt Press, MCDM, and Critical Role got together and said, let's just make a game together Another one. and we'll yeah. all support it <gasps> from various it. systems, <laughs> like if they all support it in different ways, yeah. think about like the consumer wins, you know, like, oh my gosh. We become like, the Saturday morning, whatever that show is. <laughs> and then we don't even have to be the Saturday morning. Do we have to change our name to the Saturday us. morning RPG show? Is, do we got to change yeah. our name? Or whatever their new name is. Yeah, whatever they, <laughs> they, they, they come together. We're making the open system. We're the Saturday morning open system. Show. There is basic <laughs> fantasy, which is like open and whatever. So, yeah. Well, and there's um, Genesis and there's lots of dice systems. There's a powered by the, you know, there's all these cool things that we get because there were people who said, I'm not going to do the D and yeah. I'm not doing wizards of the ghost thing. Fine. They, they love rolling D twenties. They love setting their stuff up this way, but I'm going to be different and I'm going to mm-hmm. build something different. And I think if we encourage that because there's rules that restrict you making money off of the other way. Great. Because now we're going to get all these people that are looking, well, maybe I should do a D six system or maybe I should do a D 20. Maybe my system's going to be a D 12 Jordan. Maybe the, maybe the most optimal dice out there has been D 12 this whole time and nobody knew it. And I'm going to make a system that proves it, you know, it is, like, it is the D12 most beautiful of the platonic stack. solids. So yes, I love it. And nobody rolls a D 12. So good. <laughs> um, so then, well, we'll move on. But like, uh, there was a bunch of products that came out for Wizards of the Coast uh, for D and D, and I wanted to know if you had a favorite this year, because like I was let down by a little bit of them. Um, Spelljammer came out, obviously. Dragonlance, I will admit, I have not even read because I just wasn't interested, and I was kind of sad. Uh, Monsters of the Multiverse, Call of the Netherdeep. 
Dragons of Stormwreck Isle, and we got, oh, and Journey Through the Radiant Citadel. And then there were some online stuff like the Vecna Dossier and Monstrous Compendium Volume 1 and 2. I think that's all that came out for Wizards of the Coast in 2022. Did you have a favorite? Did you have something yeah, that Radiant, lived up Radiant, to expectations? Or Radiant Citadel, I thought was a great book. Yeah. Journeys Through the Radiant Citadel. Um, wait a minute. One, we had a book that brought us more classes and stuff, though, right, this year? There must I have been. I don't think so. Did we? That was only in 2021? I think this is because I, I looked on Wikipedia, and I think this is it. Oh, that's amazing. We, nothing. We Am I missing anything, chat? You can let me know. Chat? 2022. <laughs> Tasha's Cauldron was 2021 then? Yeah. Well, it was in 2022. I'll tell you that. But let's look. Um, and then after that. And then, of course, ends. the big buying of, of uh, D&D Beyond was in 2022. That was the other big thing. But that, yeah. Um, so, that, and I guess I know... I'm I'm not as down on Spelljammer as you are. I realize you wanted the the ship battle mm-hmm. mechanics to be more robust for a game called Spelljammer. Um, but I like that it was a three set box set had three books in it. Um, brought back Spelljammer mm-hmm. when we were all clamoring and asking for you to bring it back so that we could play. And we always could. It's always this weird thing. Like we there's there was never a time we couldn't play Spelljammer. It's just in our heads. We wanted them to re-release it because they re-release other things that are that are pretty popular and common. So if they were going to do that, why not bring Spelljammer back? And they and they did the meme of it for so many years, as if they were never going to do it. And then yeah. we did get it. Um, uh, Journeys through Radiant Citadel is at the top because I just loved reading it and the the really different views. It was a really different adventure book, scope wise and and. Um, just compared to the other ones because they had just such different writers and just really, they really went good to a really yeah. different thing that I've not seen a lot of. You know, it wasn't a rehash of a lot of different things. It was a really cool idea and it feeds into if I want to run a Spelljammer campaign, I want to start my group in Radiant Citadel or get them to Radiant Citadel and that be the launching off point of them and their Spelljammer yeah. adventures doing yeah. all the spells kind of combine the ethereal spell. with the astral and stuff. Yeah. That could be fun. Yeah. Um, um I loved the lore so I think those of it. Are my two. The, yeah. I loved Ra- radiant Citadel is still my favorite too, but like, I, I really loved the lore of it, of having a new base of operations and, uh, the adventures were very fun, but I loved the idea of this like cool city on a crystal in the ethereal plane. We've never had a city in the ethereal plane. So it was a big new thing for dungeons and dragons. Uh, yeah. but to answer your it question, like new lore. Yeah, new lore. We rarely get new lore, yeah. it feels like. So to answer your question, uh, 2021, the end of 2021 had Fizzbands, which had Fizzbands Treasury of Dragons, That's which did have uh, uh, class stuff in it and new dragon stuff. Uh, Strixhaven, which had a little bit new spells and new mechanics. Uh, and then Van Richten's Guide was also in 2021. But 2022, I don't think we got any player options. We didn't get no Magic of the Gathering book? In uh-uh. 2022? Not that I know of. Holy crap. How is that possible? <laughs> 2021 was such a good year. <laughs> I guess Dragonlance had new uh, new stuff in it. I should say that. So if you match that up with the list of 2021, like the books, if you just said, Lucian, what are your favorite 2021 books? I'd be like lost because of all the really cool stuff. Yeah. 
2022. So Fizzbands and Van Richten's Guide and Strixhaven, Wild Beyond the Witchlight, Candlekeep Mysteries, uh, Domains of Delight. Uh, that's wow. what was released in 2021. So it's amazing to me some of these books are as old as they are. Then, because <laughs> really, if you like, my favorite 5e book is probably Tasha's, because it just had so many really. And good that was November. That I still use all the so. time. Yeah, but if you're if we're if we're just containing it to this year's this year's releases, I'm going to go yeah. with um, Radiant Citadel. What did yeah. you say was yours? No, I would agree. I think it's Radiant Citadel as well. Um, I was most I excited for Spelljammer, but I, I just, uh, it didn't live up to the hype. Although now that I have uh, figured out my own rules, which I made a video about, I took the AD&D mm -hmm. rules and kind of 5V'd them, and then I released yeah. them for free on uh, the DMs Guild, so you can go get them there. Uh, it's not pretty, but it's like a Google document, but I it it got the point across that I wanted, which is like, you can you can make it. Um and I will say I didn't read Dragons of Stormwreck Isles, so I'm not really sure. That might be a good one. Well, that too. one I didn't That's a starter get, set. so maybe I would like it. Yeah. And it it because I did like the Fandelver starting set. I did like um, the re-released one they had done just before that too. This is the second one, right? This mm -hmm. or the third re-release starter set. Maybe it is good, and I don't have that one. I wasn't too big on you know. Uh, the Dragonlance, I think it's cool that they brought it back, but I wasn't the big fan there. Um, critical Role books are okay, but I just don't ever see myself running Critical Role campaigns. I like watching them or hearing about what's going on in them, but not like I'm I'm ripping and raring to go to get a party in there myself. Um, Monsters of the Multiverse is good, but that's just kind of more monster books, and I find getting well, monster a, books from Matt Coville or Cobalt there, Press yeah, better. There wasn't a lot of... I don't think there were new monsters because they kind of no. condensed a lot of the other material into like from Volo's guide and stuff into one new guide. So I think it's a very yeah. good book. Uh, and a lot of people were like, do I need to buy it? And I'm like, I don't think so, but I like having one book that has all of the like race options and stuff that I can present to my players rather than like, yeah, here's one from Volo's and here's one from this and stuff. So it's kind of yeah. nice. I, I like your note and in, in, in our notes, because really I think what this tells me is 2022 is the year of all the really cool third party stuff that I like. Heck yeah. So <laughs> I wrote down, so many. I think there, there's probably more than I, than I could cover, oh, sure. but I wrote down some of the ones that I was really excited about, but 2022, we got Tome of Beast three, which was huge from Kobold press, uh, Tome of heroes, which is a complete, uh, subclasses and stuff for your game. And some of those are so cool. Like if you want to run, uh, I know that Sly Flourish uh, is running a Kobold Press only D and D game right now, where he's using just their monster books and just Tome of Heroes, and then the player's handbook. And I I think that's really cool that you could like take all of this, which kind of goes back to the OGL, where I'm like, I'm sure Wizards is like, I don't like that. Like, I want you to use Tasha's and I want you to use this and things, uh, <laughs> because they're like, that's that's what we made. Um, but Tome of Heroes is really good. Kingdoms and Warfare, although that was a Kickstarter way early, finally came out in printed form and PDF uh, in 2022, which uh, really good. I like I like MCDM. Uh, I think I don't know if I'll use Kingdoms and Warfare as much as I used uh, Strongholds and Followers. But I also need to like give it a good solid read again. 
And then Plane Breaker from Monty Cook Games and the Planner Bestiary came out just uh, uh, in this month alone. And I don't know, I don't own the Planner Bestiary yet, but if you're going to do a Plane Breaker game, this Bestiary, this monster book, and I know Monty Cook Games, they make good stuff. So, yeah. Were there any others that you could think of that you were like, oh man. I mean, do do you expand it out to anything that's 5e based? Because there was all kinds of Kickstarters that I kind of signed into or came in. Yeah. Yeah. That it was I was like, I was saying for fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons because there's so many Kickstarters, but yeah. yeah. So third party product, third party for D and D five E. But man, yeah. yeah, there was a lot. <laughs> there are so many good things. Plane Breaker is really up there um, for sure. Um, Plangia. That's right. We got the Plangia PDF um, this this year. I still don't have the physical book, I, but the PDF. I don't have came the physical out. book, but I have the and, full product book. And yeah, Plangia, yeah. and there is were amazing. a couple other. Yeah, I think Plane Breaker for oh, and my Tolus Five E version Tolus. I love yeah. some of these re-releases of Five E or adventures that were not Five E based but are now. Mm-hmm. Um, Tolus was uh, a cool book that I got. I think it was this year that I got that one. But man, now that I'm thinking maybe about... I got it in 2021. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, we didn't even talk about the uh, the old Goodman Games was taking like Temple of Elemental Evil and making a Five E version of my... it. You yeah. know, like there's a lot of those that came out that were really good too. Uh, yeah. geez, I don't even know. I'm looking at my Kickstarter now, but like, Plangia, yeah. Plane Breaker. Oh, I got um, I got this in the mail a couple days ago. Questlandia. This is go. a a fun little RPG that I kickstarted that finally got the physical release of that came in. Um, so cool. I'm waiting for um, we should be getting both of the kickstarters i thought well i guess we're at the end of so we're not getting in 2020 today's the last day so if we didn't get yeah. it today we're getting <laughs> it in 2023 never mind i guess you know i was thinking of um web dm and um adventure maidens yeah and I that's the thing we'll is those like physical books yeah in 2023 i have the venture maidens pdf but again physical yeah. books we don't have yet so we'll count it for 2023 because i feel like that's when yeah. a product is finished you know you kind of have when the, you have it in your hands yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, but for me, it's Plane Breaker. Like, I'm mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure out a way of, uh, not that it's going to be hard, but I want to figure out using some of the Plane Breaker stuff in my uh, Great Modron March game. And I think it'll be a lot of fun. When they start exploring the Astral Sea, we're going to be doing a lot of, like, weird, cool, flying around stuff. So Very cool. Very cool. Because that was just a beautiful book. But Crazy. It was the year of Kickstarters uh, because I think in 2020 and 2021, it was like, oh, these are popular. They're making money. And then this year, I feel like everybody had a Kickstarter. Uh, And and I think it'll happen again through March, but I think it'll start to die off pretty soon, too, as I think we hit the big flood of it. And maybe I think it'll, it'll pull back some. I wonder. So crazy. And. We were talking in chat, I think it was a week or two ago. We're on year year five, almost. Yeah, so show. it's our fifth anniversary <laughs> uh, this January, because we started January 1st. So next next show Basically will be our Saturday. Fifth, fifth anniversary, 230 shows. Today's the 230th show. So That's crazy. Uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. So much D&D and other stuff in that in those those 230 sessions 230 hours right like (laughs) one hour shows for the most part so good 
Did you get to play some Dungeons and Dragons? Are you going to do like a New Year's Eve? Man, wouldn't that be a fun kind of yeah. tradition to do a New Year's Eve D&D game? So yeah. as, the, as the toll, the bell is tolling. Um, yeah, no, we're, we're just going to, um, we're just going to a regular party tonight. But I did play D&D on Thursday. I ran Great Modron, which was really fun. And then um, tomorrow, uh, we're starting Perils of the Purple Planet with my Dungeon Crawl Classics group. And uh, the, we were all talking about it, and they're like, oh, yeah, well, it's if you want to meet in the evening, I guess we'll all be, like, done with our hangovers by then, and we can come over and play we games. We got Monday so off, Awesome. Right? And we'll I have just, Monday off, yeah, so I'm like, people. let's do yeah. it. So we're really excited. We're going to play Dungeon Crawl Classics. Um, they have their characters built. We just need to uh, – some of them kept their old characters, and uh, some of them wanted to try a different one, so they tried a different one. Um, so oh. today I'm going to be reading through that to kind of get re-familiar with it and then start the adventure. But it's another sandbox, kind of like Hot Springs Island, and they're going to be running around. So Very cool. And tomorrow officially starts Jordan's Dungeon 365 Yeah, thing, right? Dungeon 23. Dun- Dungeon 2023. Dungeon 23. So we talked a little bit about this before. Uh, there, Sean McCoy of Who Wrote Mothership and a bunch of other stuff. He had a fun idea of writing a dungeon, uh, writing one room a day for an entire year. And then every month is an entire level of that dungeon. So by the end of the year, you have like 30-ish rooms on a level and 12 levels deep. And I was like, man, that's so cool. And just to be in the habit of writing every day. And he even said, he's like, if you're stumped, just write nothing in this room and move on. And I'm like, wow, that's (laughs) so cool. So I... I wrote down a couple of like themes and a, a big bad that I kind of want to have. And I think what I want is that I'm going to have six floors that go down. And then I, I like the idea of gravity reversing itself. And then they're, they're climbing up out of the dungeon the opposite way. Does that make sense? And then when yeah. they get up there, it's like bizarro world or something. I haven't really figured it out yet, but I I'm, I'm excited for, uh, that so that's so going to be floor one room one now do you think tomorrow when you're writing floor one room one is this the entrance to the dungeon or are you going to pick one of the random f- rooms and then decide your entrance room some oh yeah not well the first day like yeah. you're not doing it as you move through it you're doing it could be kind of random in there it could yeah um i in order to keep it together i'm gonna write a room and expand out on it um, but I was reading that there are, uh, they're like a good mega dungeon will have multiple entrances or something that will that. teleport you to floor five. But it's like, I don't really want to write floor five yet because I haven't even figured out floor one. Uh, so yeah. in my mind, I've, I've done some annotations to be like, if I want to teleport somebody, I'll be like, here's, you can teleport back to this place. So if, you know, later on, if I'm on floor five and I'm like, oh, this would be a good point to go back to the first floor, then I can create that connection because I kind of left it open there. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm i going to start with the entrance to the dungeon and kind of like our uh, old school essentials game we ran with the giant frog statue that you guys had to tell a joke and it opened its mouth and you climbed in. Um, I like frogs, so I'm going to keep the frog motif, and I'm going to start with theme. that be the entrance mm-hmm. to the dungeon is this frog thing. So, Very Naruto. Yeah. <laughs> the frog theme. It'll be fun. That's cool. Really so excited. will January be just level one? Yeah. 
January is the level one. And then it's really cool because you just write like one dash one, one dash two. And then you know it's the but I mean second for room. You, so. Yeah. So you're not going to start at the end. You're going to start at the beginning and work yeah, your way and to go the down. End. Yep. Some people could work their way at the end and work their way to the beginning. Oh, yeah. In this you can do whatever you want. Thing would be kind of cool. Very I encourage you. And then you, in 2024, like, yeah. live, live action game of it. We run a oh, campaign. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know Jordan's. if you'll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be, well, I wonder, we were talking about it. It's kind of like Nano Remo or whatever, where you write a novel in November. Like a lot of people yeah. start, not everybody finishes. Uh, mm-hmm. I wonder if I will even finish, but I'm going to try and make um, a weekly or bi-weekly video of like, here's my dungeon so far. And I'm hoping that those videos will keep me motivated to do it. Like, because if it's like, oh crap, I got to make a video, uh, dungeon. And then, you know, I'll make the video a little bit later. Uh, a little accountability just that I give myself, I guess. I don't know. I do that a lot where I'm like, oh, I got to get a video out. And it's like, my wife will be like, well, who? Do you have a sponsor? I'm like, no. Well, then you don't really have to make a video if you're stressed out about it. I'm like, I guess. So, uh, no, but what a fun idea. Like, isn't that cool, though? So I, yeah. I bought a notebook yeah, and everything and I'm writing it down and it's going to be fun. But yeah, tomorrow starts. tomorrow starts it. I think for map map jars too, I think they'd be really cool. I've seen some of them in Twitter talking about how they're they're thinking about doing it the same thing where they're gonna draw out because they're known for being just, you know, map creators yeah. doing the same thing and that's such a cool idea. Uh no nomadic, uh gnome, he he streams a lot. Yeah. He yep. has been posting really cool pictures on social media of he's trying different map drawing styles with every week. He started early. But, like, his first week is, like, I'm going to do this isometric one. And then the next one, it's, like, we're going to do hexagons. And so he's kind of just (laughs) using this as an activity to explore, like, which map version do I like the most? You know, what would (laughs) I find most useful? So, uh, Mega Dungeons I'd love to see what Nate would do something with this. Oh, yeah. WASD would be great for this one, too. I wonder. Very cool. Yeah, it's, I mean, Mega Dungeons are hit or miss. Not everybody likes them. Uh, I know you're you're enjoying your mega dungeon at the moment, but <laughs> we're in dungeon uh, yeah. the mad mage still. But honestly, play, but yeah. <laughs> um, I I think the idea is that you shouldn't necessarily run the whole dungeon, but this will be a Not cool normal. thing to have in my back pocket for like, oh, you found your way into a dungeon, and then they get this. Wow, the world's a bigger place. Maybe they explore a few levels and they leave. Uh, but I I like the idea that I can be like, oh no, MacGuffin is on. Uh, like that's March 16th. You got to go to floor three, room 16. And there's yeah, the MacGuffin there you that you need for whatever reason. And that could be a lot of fun. So that's very cool. Yeah. I'm excited to see the whole thing. Are you documenting it somewhere else besides the videos as recaps? Or is there like a, not yet, but maybe I could start a, a blog or something. I don't know. Or I could put it on Patreon, just photos of, of my, cause I like the handwriting of it. So I could take a photo of every week and maybe upload it to Patreon kind of fun cool. or cool. our discord i would love it there that'd be sweet what are you what, are you not going to participate i you guys gotta participate i should <laughs> you're like a little busy I think it'd be cool but the, no the only thing i'm thinking is if i do it then i'll i'll do that thing where 
I'll want to draw it. I want to write it. I want, I'll want i overboard it instead of just doing what it is and just be yeah. like you're doing like, hey, I'm going to hand draw it out and it's cool. I can put the book down and be done And it, versus, no, I want to turn it into a product when it's all done. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then, and then I just never start. I had to have a real conversation. Yeah. I had to have a real conversation with myself where I'm like, this isn't going, yeah. I'm not making money from this, but it'll yeah, be yeah. a good, uh, it'll be really cool exercise in writing. That's what I, I'm looking forward to. So. Yeah. And I want to get, I want to get the Pathfinder two game off the, off the ground. Um, and I know that's going to take up basically creating a lot during all that time too. So that's it. I, but I do love this idea of just one room a day, mm-hmm. but I want to draw it too. I want to see the physical representation so that at the end next year, I have something that I'm looking at. That's like this whole, yeah, I might do it. I'm, but I think if I would do it, I'm going to go like the, the quintessential anime, role uh role playing style i would do the tower that they climb like in sword art online would be the way oh yeah like the tower you know the in all those games and all those mmorpgs that are in animes that are supposed to be about real games where people go if they're always trying to climb that tower (laughs) that would be that would all that would be really cool because i was thinking like oh you're right it has to go down it's a dungeon but like that that's really cool you could definitely make it vertical just a giant tower yeah well i guess 12 stories isn't that tall but maybe maybe you do 10 10 story blocks you know and make it uh what 12 times 10 (laughs) or yeah 365 divided by 10 dragons in there you've got to have a four story level anyways so it's gonna be pretty tall yeah <laughs> if you're gonna try to fit something big in there you know the big boss fights mm-hmm. i've just i've been enamored by watching a lot of the animes that come out that are based off of people playing role-playing games so the whole show is about somebody logging into their character and they're yeah. playing in this game and then that's where the story is taking place and that's what this anime is about yeah. sometimes it's they get caught in that world sometimes it's just them playing in that world sometimes you know but i always like that idea um grimgar was another one and um just this idea of there's always these towers that are climbing with a bunch of bad and there's like a town set up and there's a whole economy based off of the tower climbing adventure guild yeah group. yeah and you join the adventure guild that's the only way you can go in kind of thing you know that whole kind of yeah concept. do a do a floor every week and then you'll have a 52 story skyscraper oh that'd be sweet a mountain. mountain and then on the other side of it a cliff that goes nowhere you have to figure That's out it. what that I'm means. I'm going to create the Google. It's going to be a Google Doc for me. I'm just going to Google Doc yeah, it. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Um, one, one room a day. Tangent, but if you I'm, like that uh, playing a game kind of thing that you're Here talking about, uh, there's an yeah. RPG called Dot Dungeon you should check out where you're playing yourself playing like an MMO. It's kind of cool. <laughs> I was just yeah. reading about it again yeah. today. But. I've been waiting for the simulation games to come out. Like, you know how you can do like farmer simulation and you can do construction simulation or yeah. car mechanic or build your own PC simulation. I've Euro seen one that's driver. called um, paper, <laughs> paper RPG simulator. So yeah, you're basically simulating the playing of a party and you have your DM that you're selecting and you have your party members and they're doing their thing, but it's like a simulation of that. I just, yeah, I think that'd be fun to do. But, no, I'm such a, I want to be stuck in, I keep waiting for, you know, um, ready player one to happen to all of us right so that we can virtually jump into those worlds where yeah. we can get to play and i'm just enamored by reading those types of things or even lit rpg is all about game systems and living in a game system or just having stories based in game systems and i just love it so this sounds cool i'm, I'm creating the doc right now as we speak 
on this show the day before four minutes to go within the show i'm going to my google docs right now to create uh well while you're doing that did you play any games that you want to talk about do you have any goals for 2023 besides this new dungeon now (laughs) yeah get get, um pathfinder 2 game running yeah probably with I want to see if I can maybe find some people from the community again, like I did with Seeking Revenor. Find some people that want to play yeah. Pathfinder 2. Um, that, you know, I thought that was really fun. I met, that's how I met Danimal. That's how I met a lot of these people, and they played in some of those games and now have become really good friends, is by setting a game up from that community, from the either that or the YouTube or the show community, and just saying, hey let's play this game together. So that's my big, I think, um, 2023. I want to get my setup back going again. I've been rewiring and redoing everything here. So I want to get that back set up and going again. Um, And then games I'm looking forward to are just, it's all over the place because there's so many good games right now. And it's just how much time are we going to have? And can we start to get together again versus, you know, we're out of the COVID kind of lockdown. I would love to get a, a, in-person game going again at a table but i just that's such a hard thing to to just spontaneously make happen either you can do it or you can't right yeah (laughs) it's just weird no it's it's be able to get people at your table i've been very blessed and i i'm excited because we went almost two years without having anybody at my gaming table and now this this uh bi-weekly dungeon crawl classics game has meant the world to me to just be able to sit down pen and paper uh i don't mind playing online but i I really do prefer to just uh, have fun with my friends at the table. So, yeah. yeah. So that was it. We didn't we didn't play our game because our dungeon master is on holiday in Australia. He decided to go to the beach. For, <laughs> for, so I was here uh, snow blowing and shoveling snow. He was on the beach in a hammock watching his kids swim in the ocean, which is super awesome and fun. Um, so we have not played in the last two weeks, and then we'll be picking up again next week um, on Thursday. We switched our game to Thursday. Um, That's my game. That we game the same game. night. That's so See? cool. So that Danimal that must that, be having then... Danimal must be having a good vacation because he's not here right now. So. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's yeah. He he's been posting on Discord and stuff what he's been doing, and it's been he took his computer with him, but he we didn't play anything. So that's. It's been fun. So the other thing we're doing is we're there, a few of our friends. We've been reading a book um, called uh, "He Who Fights Monsters," um, and the system in it is so good that we've been kind of working together to build how would we play this on the tabletop because we love it so much. So we have this Discord channel running that's been talking about what would the rules look like and what would the classes look like and how would you get your abilities and how would you. Interesting. So I'm hoping to keep that kind of momentum going with they're all real life friends that I have that live here in Michigan and in Danimal is the other person that's kind of contributing to you because we all read it. That's he who slays monsters. I think is the name of it. Um, no, I found one. It's a lit RPG. He who fights with monsters. That's is that it? it. He okay. who fights with monsters from shirt Shirtaloon. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nine book yeah. series. So yeah, have to check we it just, out. all of us just finished book nine, like in the last day or so. And we're just like, Oh we got to make this system. We got to play. Cool. It. How would we be playing in it? So if anybody wants to see the big thing that we're interested in is uh read book one of that. And I think you'll, you'll really enjoy it. It's actually a really good book. It's a quick read. If, if you had 
are looking for something just to have on your Kindle or you know, it looks like it's uh, audio book too. So you could listen to it at work or something. Those guys do the audio book and, and uh, the main character is Australian. His name is Jason. Nice. And through a weird thing that happens just in the front of the book, he gets transported to another world and has to decide how he's going to live and what's he's going to do in this other world. And that's how the story starts. It's just a, and I like that he's Australian because he has a very Australian attitude. And I hear Danimal's voice from Australian <laughs> DM as the, when I read it. So I yeah. read it. I don't listen to the audiobook because I want his voice to be my narrator. That's funny. <laughs> so I hear all his stuff and it's just a really cool, really cool thing. So that's the, those are the things I'm pushing for 2023. Looking for all those good Kickstarters that I like to buy, looking for all the book releases. I'm kind of interested. We know what books we're getting from Dungeons and Dragons that are coming pretty soon. Yep. Um, there's some, there's a few more that are still left that it sounds super interesting to me. In he, that lineup he's that from the golden out. vault, which I think is the next one coming out. And that's an anthology book. We'll see what it is. Uh, there's Planescape at the end of the year. And I think a giants book, which is kind of like the fizz bands, but it's about giants. So, and then we'll have a lot more one D and D stuff coming out as well, you know, to the play test to talk about. So it's going to yeah. be 2023 is going to be an exciting year. And then 2024 is the 50th anniversary of Dungeons and Dragons. It's going to be a big year. Yeah. Do we get the so. movie? Movie comes out March, 2023 or April. Yeah. This next year. So yeah. So we'll be doing that. Um, and then the only other thing I was thinking about is, you know, what new stuff could we do with the show? I'm trying to, you know, at some yeah. point I'd like to figure out what, what other stuff could we do here? Like, um, you know, just for, we've been doing it for five years now and figure out, Hey, what's what's another cool thing we can do, or what's other stuff we can add to it? I still For like sure. doing the Paizo news, and yeah. <laughs> I still like getting into that pretty deep and, and talking about these other games. But I also um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm still having so much fun and gaming and tabletop stuff, and going to Gen Cons and meeting people and going to some of the conventions. I want to get to more conventions next year. I want to get to probably um, maybe Gen Con and maybe a PAX of some sort. Again, probably would be mine. Maybe a I was looking at Marmalade Dog, which is the one that's up here, but maybe a Dragon Con or one of these other ones that I haven't gone to. Game yet, Hole Con is big, like. I think. I've been to so. uh, I've been to that one once. I want to go to Pack Some but it's popular. Yeah, I really want to go to Pack Some Plugged, so that might be my goal. Yeah. But I hate I flying, so I don't know. <laughs> I want to go to Pax West, the original Pax. Yeah, I can drive cool. there. We're also oh. thinking about maybe an Australian trip next year to go to Australia and that's something that's on our bucket list. That'd be awesome. And then we get to meet Danimal, but also they have PAX Australia. So maybe I knock off two, two things with one stone. (laughs) Well, thank you guys so so much for listening, for watching, for hanging out, being awesome. Uh, Tell us what your new year's resolutions are. Oh, I don't know. I want to write more. I meant our community as you. Oh, were, community, yeah. Uh, yeah, let us know in the comments below what you're yeah. going to be working on for 2023. That's what you're doing. So. Um, and then we'll see you all in 2023. It's going to be awesome. And make so. sure you go to the Discord if you're interested in being in the Pathfinder 2 game. Uh, yeah. Kind of. Yeah, we'll we, we'll make a know. we'll make a subgroup or something in the Looking for Games group. And Lucian, if you want to start organizing that for sure. So. Definitely. Um, you're awesome. Take care. And we'll see you all next week. Bye.